Scripture this morning, first reading comes from Luke 18, 15 through 17. People were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they sternly ordered them not to do it. But Jesus called to them and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them. For it is to such of these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. The second reading comes from 1 Timothy 4, 11 and 12. These are the things you must insist on and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. May God's blessing be added to the reading of this holy word. I think most of you know me, and you know that children and youth are and have been the center of my ministry. They're my priority and my passion. I love them, and I enjoy them. They are the center of my passion because I love them and enjoy them, but they are also the center of my passion because, as you just heard, Jesus commands us to love the children and accept the youth. It's a commandment for us. Both scriptures call us to include children and youth in the church just as though they were people. Well, of course, the truth is, in Romans times, children were accounted as even less valuable than women, who, of course, had no value at all. Children were of less value than slaves, because slaves had value. Children were really not considered to be persons. A Roman, uh, Jesus, ever the radical, changed the paradigm from children not even being persons to children being central to the life of the kingdom of God. He did the same kind of thing for women. He actually touched them and included them and blessed them. Changing the paradigm is very difficult, and it changes very slowly. In Roman times, children were just not valued at all. In fact, Herod, uh, Caesar said of Herod this. He said, and apparently it's, it's, a, it's alliterative in, in Latin, I would rather be Herod's pig than Herod's son. Herod being a good Jew would never kill a pig. But Herod did kill his sons because they were a threat to his power. And under Roman law, he could kill them with impunity. Just get rid of them. They were a nuisance and he killed them. And nobody made any difference. Any Roman father could do that to his children. And there was no recompense for it. 
children were not really considered to be people. I think additionally, one of the problems with Roman times and children is that the infant mortality rate, 60% of the children died before they were 16. So in, in a way, they didn't want to become too attached to these children because they died. And so, I think the parents may have bringing these children to, to Jesus to bless them so that they might live. And of course, the disciples, ever clueless, said, you know, don't get these, these are riffraff, get them out of here. I don't want them bothering the big man. Huh? Uh, let's get rid of them so you can talk to the important people. And Jesus said, no. Let the little children come, and he blessed them. Jesus says, welcome the children. And he included them in their ministry. He touched them, and they belong to his kingdom. We, too, are called in our ministry and in our lives to include children. This church has always done that, which we're very proud of. We have a Sunday school which meets consistently and teaches the words of, of grace to these children. Now we have a preschool that teaches this grace to these children. I heard them singing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. They're learning stuff, these little ones. Huh? So you have a wonderful Sunday school. I'm, I want to name names. When I went to Penol, <laughs> they were not buying any new Sunday school curriculum. When kids graduated out of one class to another, they just used the same old curriculum with the new kids in the, other, in the lower class. So they hadn't bought curriculum for years. It was getting a little shop-worn, and the kids could tell, you know, there's a value. Kids can tell when they're valued and when they're not valued, can't they? And getting ratty old Sunday school curriculum said to the children, you're not important enough for us to spend money on you. I stopped that pretty fast. We're going to buy new curriculum every, every year, a new curriculum for these students because they are important. You're doing a good job with your Sunday school. You're doing a good job with your preschool. You're educating these children. But that is not enough. Children need to be a part of every ministry of this church. Worship, music, planning. Children need to be a part of, a part of every ministry of this church. I, it's an old joke, and you can tell it's old because it talks about checks, which nobody uses anymore, but it, 
they'll joke, there are three sounds, no pastor, noises, no pastor ever minds in church. The first one is the ushers putting up extra chairs in the aisle for the overflow crowd. The second one is the sound of checks being ripped out of, well, anyway. And the third one is the sound and the noise of little children in the worship service. They're welcome. And it means that the church is, in fact, growing and being in ministry to these children. When I was at at Beulah Church, Sandy's husband and I both served at Beulah Church down in Kerman, there was in the congregation an old German grandmother. Was Grandma Rao gone by the time you got there? Uh Uh-huh. Old German grandmother. And there were some children in the congregation, praise God. And they would sometimes, during church, make noise. And Grandma Rao said to me, I was raising my children. They were next to me in church, and they were quiet. I thought, I'll bet they were. (laughs) (laughs) And her adult children were never a part of the church. Children need to be included, even in worship. If a child is being noisy in church, be an adult. Concentrate on what you're supposed to concentrate on and let the children do what the children need to do. And also, if a child in church is through being in church, take them out so where they can be more free to be what they need to be. Huh? That's a blessing to everybody, (laughs) but mostly to the child. As you saw this morning, I always did children's time with the microphone off. And I got in a lot of trouble for that from y'all. And I explained, y'all sit here during church, the children sit here not knowing what's going on, and they have to be quiet and listen. Just be quiet. Pray for these children while I'm talking to them. Pray for your children. I want a private time with these children where they know they are valued by the pastor. I'm going to take some time to talk to them and let them be children. We had fun this morning. I do that. I learned some lessons along the way. One of the reasons I do that is because if you do it with a microphone, there are some children that learn to play to the crowd Huh? Make the congregation laugh. And there are some children who are shy and sometimes won't even come up because they're afraid the congregation might laugh. Better for us just to have a private conversation. <laughs> I, was, I was amused today around the baptismal font. I asked what water would be good for and, and one little child, I said, without water what would happen? And one little little four-year-old said, you wouldn't be hydrated. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, But that wasn't funny. If he had said it in the microphone, you all might have laughed. He was serious about that. I learned uh, most dramatically at Beulah Church that Sandy's husband served. 
um, a little girl, where's Mother's Day? And I said to the children, what did you get your mothers for Mother's Day? That sounds like an innocent question, doesn't it? One little girl said, my daddy got my mommy a nighty, and it's got a hole in it all the way up to here. That wasn't funny. <laughs> because I knew her parents were having marital difficulties. And she thought her father had given her mother a defective present. Hmm? I knew that. And I could talk to her and tell her, that means your daddy loves your mommy very much. <laughs> but if it had been done on a microphone... The parents would have been mortified. The congregation would have laughed or been embarrassed. As it was, privately, I could talk to the child, assure the child, and send the child back to the parents without anybody being embarrassed. And then I sat down and giggled. But that's... (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay. That's okay. Honoring the children, letting the child be childlike, and loving them. I've learned many lessons. I had told my daughters that they couldn't have communion until they're 12 because that's how I was raised. Were some of you raised that way? Not until you have confirmation or whatever, right? In Jackson, which means Lena was under seven, Pat, under six? Anyway. Huh? Yeah, under six. She comes to me and she says, Dad, when everybody else gets communion and I don't, I feel left out and I'm as much a part of this church as anybody else is. I said, okay. What is more inclusive? What is come to me, little children, than come to my table? Huh? Are children welcome at his table? He said, yes, let them come to me. We did a baptism. There are some folks who don't want to baptize people until they're 8, 10, 12 years old. No, come to the water. Come to the table. All people come to the water. Come to the table. It's his water. It's his table. And we all our children, and we all are welcome. Those who will come to the kingdom who are like children. Children are inclusive. Hmm? When children play with other children, do they say, no, I'm not going to play with you because you're a different color? No. Not until they learn that they shouldn't. Prejudices have to be learned. Children are inclusive. Being a part of Christ's kingdom means being inclusive of everyone. Of everyone. No matter the age or size or race or gender or any other ism. Of such is the kingdom of heaven. 
Children have a simple faith. They trust. They trust their parents. And as a child trusts his parents, we are called to trust God with our lives, to have faith in him. We can do that as a child. And then we move to teenagers. Hmm? Timothy was a youth. And you know, if life expectancy is 35, youth is teenager. Hmm? So Timothy may have been a teenager. Paul says, don't let the other people, don't let people disparage you. Don't let people look down on you or discount you because of your youth. As a teen, I was involved in the life of the church. Went to a little tiny church, Farmington. I was, all through my adolescence, the usher. Which was great because I didn't have to sit down. I could move around. I stood out back. I handed out bulletins, right? And I, and I couldn't go sit down when church started because I needed to be there to greet latecomers. Pull the bulletins, hand them out, take the offering. I knew that I had a job that if I wasn't doing it, some adult would have to do it. This was a genuine involvement in the life of the church. Children, teenagers in particular, have a great big (laughs) filter for condescension. Hmm? They know when they're being condescended to. And they don't like it. Nobody likes that, do we? Paul said, do not let people discount you because you are young. Each church needs to find a way, a suitable way, an appropriate way to engage the youth in the ministry of the church. To seek, to find places where youth can genuinely serve. To be trained in leadership and to take responsibility. Yes, We can make sure that they go to SSP. We can make sure that they help with mission projects. They can even work at fall harvest dinner. They need to be involved in the ministry, in the choir, in in whatever ministry the church is doing. The youth need to be involved in it in a meaningful way. They need to be included. God gives inspiration to them, and to the children. Our scriptures say, include them, just as though they were people. Don't do it condescendingly. Don't look down upon the children or youth. They are not the future of the church. They are the now of the church. That's the good news of the kingdom of God. Amen. And now may you go from this place, having been touched by Jesus' kind hands, having been blessed as a child, go forward in his faith and in his love. 
go forward to be a blessing to all. Amen. listening to this podcast of the First United Methodist Church in Turlock, California. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike license. For more information about our church, visit www.fumcturlock or call the church at 209-668-3000. Visitors are always welcome. And now, may the peace of the Lord dwell in your hearts this day. And may God bless you.